Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the, the verse that I read to you, let's, let's look at it again and try to learn from the Word of God this morning. God told us to pay attention to the reading of the Word and the teaching thereof. God told us uh, to get wisdom and to get understanding. So let's honor God today by doing that. In Ephesians 2, 10, the, the scripture says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, we're going to do with this verse of scripture what I've been telling you to do for years. As you read the word of God, I want you to slow down your reading. I want you to pay attention to the punctuation. It will help you to understand the scripture if you take it in bite-sized pieces. This scripture is meant to get inside you and for you to chew on it so it can be fresh in your mind, in your thoughts, and you can understand it. So many times, people that do read the Bible gloss over it. And everybody in this room that's ever read the Bible for any length of time can tell you, you read a whole chapter and realized, I don't even read anything, remember anything I just read. I just... Four people smiled. That meant they were being honest. The rest of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Start reading your Bible. But we need to digest this, take it phrase by phrase, bite by bite, to understand what it says. And we're going to do that this morning. And I want you to put your thinking hat on because we need to learn what God would have us to know. In the beginning of that verse, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. The first thing I want you to see this morning is that God is our creator. Six people said amen. God is our creator. That should be common sense. Christians take that for granted. But I want you to know there are a lot of people, even in this room right now, in churches all across the world that think they are their own creator, that they build their own world, that they're responsible for their own life, their own success, their own being. But I want you to understand, the scripture plainly declares that God is the creator of all lives. All souls are precious to the Lord. Churches have missed that from the very beginning. This, listen, people think America is uh, the most racist country in the world. I told y'all not long ago they did a survey of college seniors in 2020. 20, it was earlier this year, they did a survey of college seniors and they asked uh, them about slavery and over 75% of college seniors surveyed in America said slavery was invented in America and America is the most racist country in the world. Newsflash, slavery has been around from the beginning Colonization has been around from the beginning. You can read in the Old Testament. You can look at every continent you want to. You can go uh, to, to, to Africa, to Egypt, wherever you want to look. There have always been battles. One tribe conquered another tribe, took the whole place as slaves. That's the history of the world. And 
we have got this, this concept that people are good or bad, people are better or worse. From the very beginning of time, all the problems that exist now, people have always been fighting. They've always, they've always loved themselves more than the people around them. They've always separated and divided. They've always divided and conquered. And the reason why is to feel more self-important. They, 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 they want to believe that they are their own end all be all. There's always been this division, and it started from the beginning. It continues now, and sadly, it's manifested in churches all across the world, white churches. Uh, pe people ask me, it, uh, do you pastor a white church? I'm like, man, our buildings are so old, I don't even know what color that is out there. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, man, you know what I'm saying. Uh, well, Oh, so what you want to do is that you're asking me to color the melanin in the people in the seats. And, and I tell people, and, I, and I'm glad to tell people, our church is predominantly African-American on Sunday morning. Everybody that comes on Wednesday nights laughing right now. If you want to see abundant life look different, come on Wednesday night. Because uh, we, <laughs> let me keep going. The, the division that the enemy has allowed to destroy communal relationships from the beginning of time and to create separation among human beings that were all created by God is prevalent, is prevalent in Israel. The, the Jews hated the Gentiles. They wouldn't even walk on the same side of the street as them. So, so now we see all these churches where only rich people go to this church, only poor people go to that church, only white people go to that church, only, only brown people go to that church, only black people go to that church, only black people with money go to that church, only white people with money go to that church. Listen, I am so glad that in spite of it all, and obviously we have seen worsening of racial relationships. We have seen worsening of divisiveness. We have seen increased media hatred and pouring gas on division uh, over, over these past few years. But I'm glad in the midst of it all, we've still got a church where all lives and all souls can come into one building and worship God together, knowing He is the Creator. He created everybody and I want you to believe that. Listen, if you don't believe that, you are your own God. If you don't believe there's someone bigger than you who is the creator of all things, you deny the truth of the God of this book, and you have got a long way to go in your journey. The, the verse says, for we are God's workmanship. The, the next thing it says, he created us anew in Christ Jesus. The second thing I want you to understand this morning is that Christians are created new in Jesus. Oh, I wish more people would connect with that. If this is all I told you today, this is enough to shout on. If this is all you got out of today's message, this is enough to rejoice on. If you are a Christian, listen, you've been made new in Jesus Christ. You're not the same. You're not who, listen, I want you to get a, a real salvation. So many people just have church. So many people, they blank out. They can't connect to this concept of I, I, I used to be this way, but now I'm that way. 
They can't, they can't even connect to that old song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. If you don't have a way you were and a way you are, then you have not been changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you something. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference to be had. Christians, not only are we created, all people are created, but specifically Christians are created new in Jesus. On July 15, 1981, I got a new life. I got a new attitude, me and Patty LaBelle. I got a new, I got a new agenda. I got, I got a, a new mindset. I got something new happening on the inside of me. And this is why Christianity is better than church. Because people that just come to church without salvation try to change on the outside. But people who get saved and come to church, they change on the inside. And that change on the inside will work out the changes on the outside. But that change on the outside will fade off if you haven't been changed on the inside. I'm preaching better than y'all are staring at me. Christians have been created new. There shouldn't be anything called a proud Christian. When you came to Christ, you came to Christ with the admission, I can't make it on my own. When you came to Christ, you came to Christ admitting, I need somebody greater than me. When you came to Christ, you came to Christ admitting, I can't get into heaven without God's grace and the payment of the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's tree. When you came to Christianity, you came humble. What happened? Then we started feeling ourselves and thinking, I'm the most faithful person in the room. Then we started learning some things, and we started thinking, I know more Bible than the person preaching. Then, then, then we started feeling ourselves and thinking, I'm further along than the people I'm sitting next to. I'm going to tell you something. If you have those thoughts, one, you're not alone. Most people at some point in their Christian journey have those thoughts. But let me tell you something. You're further away than you think you are because the only people that are really growing are the ones that have the humility to, to understand and, and to agree with the fact that the more I've grown, the more I realize I need to grow. The more I've learned, the more I realize I need to learn. The closer I get to God, the more I realize how desperately far away I am from Him. Christians, though, this newness is something to embrace. And I wish, oh, how I wish I could just separate the saved from the lost today. I really do. But, but Jesus said, even in the parable of the wheat and the tares, let them grow together side by side. And we got people in here side by side right now. Some saved, some lost. And God is going to allow that to happen. But there's coming a judgment day when Jesus said that the angels were gathered together to save on one side and put the lost on the other side. The wheat over here, the tares over there. They're going to be sheep on one side. Goats on the other side. And I hope between now and that day that you get both feet firmly planted on the solid foundation that can only be Jesus Christ and you find a new life in Jesus because nothing else is going to make it. Oh, as Paul was writing to the Ephesians, he told them, look, we're God's masterpiece. We are the top of his handiwork. He, he, there, there's something special about human beings, and that is that we are made in the image of God. God made us for his own glory. God created us, and he breathed into humanity and put a soul 
in mankind. Now, I know a lot of y'all hoping y'all's dogs get to heaven. And if I really wanted to thin the crowd out right now, I could let you know. That ain't going to happen. But let me say this. You don't know. Now, some of y'all are like, I know my dog's in heaven. Uh, well, what day did your dog get saved? Where, when did your dog confess Jesus as Lord so we could go on that? Or I'll give you a little piece of hope for all you. I love my dog more than I love Jesus, folk. Uh, if, if there's going to be horses in heaven for us to ride on, why, why can't your stray, frayed-up, uh, wild-haired cat be in heaven too? Mm. <laughs> That's just a little addendum right there. Uh, God took Christian. He, he made us. As humans, his masterpiece, his highest level of what some translations call his handiwork, his creation. As a human being, I want you to know, God put more into creating humans than he did animals. He put more into creating humans than he did mountains. He put more into creating humans than he did the ocean. He put more into creating humans than he did the trees, the birds, the fish. He put more into creating humans than he put anything else because he put his image on us and his breath in us. You are the masterpiece of God. And if you choose to be born again, and if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can get to point number two, where you are created new in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you something. There is nothing better than real salvation. There is nothing better than knowing I used to be lost, but now I'm saved. If you can't tell for sure, listen, let me tell you something. If you don't know for sure, if you're struggling, if you're wondering, maybe I'm saved, maybe I'm not, I got a news flash for you. Extra, extra, read all about it. You ain't. If you have to wonder about it, it's when I meet people and I ask them, are you saved? And they tell me, I hope so. I, that's a no, right? That's just a no. Uh, if, if you've been saved, listen, if you work where you work, you know you work there. If you went to school where you went to school, you know you went to school there. If you saw that child come out of your body, no matter how ugly they turned out, you know that's your baby. You know what you know. And the scripture says God wrote these things for us so that we could know that we have eternal life. I hope that you know that you're saved. Listen, if you don't know that you're saved, i got great news for you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved for real. You don't have to have just church. You can get this new. And listen, you, you're not going to understand it until you get it. It, 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 it's not something that can be fully explained. It has to be experienced. It's not something that you can coattail your way in on. You got to get the Holy Spirit for yourself. You got to get this radical, life-changing, soul-transforming, spirit-awakening, uh, created newness from Jesus Christ. And I hope that you have that. If you don't, you need to get it. If you ever get really saved, reading the Bible will be better for you. Uh, people say, well, the Bible is a hard book to understand. Sometimes, but, but, but it's less hard if you know the author. Do you know the author? 
Do, do, do you have that relationship with God? Or are you just real churchy? Maybe you know more about the Bible than everybody on the planet. Maybe you just think you're so smart that the whole world needs to come to you. Listen, all that without Jesus does not make you a new creation. And it will not give you what God wants you to have. The, the Bible says we're created or we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Then it says so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The third thing I want you to understand this morning is his purpose for us is to do good things. This is what the scripture says. Put the scripture back on for me. Elder, he created us so we can do the good things. He created us in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things. Listen, uh, I eat, anybody know uh, the, the primary thing? That, that if I'm going to eat in my house, it's, it's likely to be in a bowl, and, it, and it's typically called what? Cereal. I make a mean bowl of cereal. I, 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 I even eat a mean bowl of cereal because I eat Lucky Charms, and I'm a professional at what I do. Just letting you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cereal connoisseur. I'm a Lucky Charms expert. If I ever, if we ever sit down and eat a bowl of cereal together and I just see you dig your spoon into my Lucky Charms random willy-nilly, I'm going to take that bowl from you. You're not qualified to eat Lucky Charms in my presence. We're expert over here. Anybody, any, anybody want to know? Anybody just want to hit the rest of the crowd? How do you eat Lucky Charms? Oats fresh. See, that's an expert in Lucky Charms, you got to move them marshmallows out of the way. There, there's a process to eating Lucky Charms. You got to scoop them off to the side, dig down in, get that nasty part done out the way so you can get to what you want. Then, at the end of all them oats going away, you got a whole bowl of marshmallow goodness floating around in there. You got every color under the rainbow in there. And they've been soaking in that milk, and they just put them in your mouth. Listen, Lucky Charms, expert eating. You got that free today. It'll change your life. Get you a box of Lucky Charms. Eat the nasty oats first, and then just get you about 25 spoonful. I ate a big bowl. Get you about 25 spoonfuls of marshmallow after marshmallow. You throw away bran cereal. You throw away grape nuts. That's like chewing rocks anyway. I was going somewhere. With, oh. <laughs> Having given the context of eating cereal, when it comes to being a cereal eater, anybody want to know what the spoon was made for? To scoop the cereal exactly right. That's listen. You can't eat. Well, you could if you were if you were you know hardworking and desperate. But you probably w- wouldn't enjoy eating Lucky Charms off a butter knife as much as you would off a cereal, because the milk will run off the butter knife. The cereal has been designed, or the spoon has been designed to scoop and to hold stuff inside it. So the person that created the spoon would tell you that the spoon was created to scoop stuff. 
You see, there's a purpose for everything that has been created. Back in the day when cars used to have carburetors on them, I know you remember that, Dickie Scott, cars used to have carburetors on them. Most of them were either two-barrel or four. Most people had either a two-barrel or a four-barrel carburetor. Some of y'all fancy people, y'all had that three-deuce kit coming out of the top of your hood. But the, the carburetor was created to, to uh, push more gas and air into the engine. Things that are created are created with a purpose. God created human beings with a purpose. And his purpose for us was so that we could be created new in Christ Jesus and to get to number three. Put number three on the screen for me, Elder. The purpose is for us to do good things. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. Your agreement means nothing. The word of God is true all by itself. The word of God takes precedence over everything. It takes precedence over your theology. It takes precedence over your experience. It takes precedence over what Scott Becker says. It takes precedence over what mom and daddy said. It takes precedence over what your favorite bishop, prophet, prophetess, preacher, evangelista said. It is supreme. The Bible says God has exalted his word above his name. And the word of God says that his purpose for creating us is for us to do what? Good things. Oh, I wish I had a thingsometer with me today. We can measure your things and see if they're good or bad. Have you created any good things? Have you done any good things? Did you do anything good this week? When I go out and I talk to people in the community about the Lord, some kind of way, I never lead with, Hello, I'm Pastor Scott, and I pastor the church on Georgetown Drive. I don't lead with that. I don't even have that preacher voice. Uh, that's my best imitation of a preacher voice. I just talk in my own voice. Uh, you, you know, the special pre. They come up to the sanctified desk, and they break the bread of life. It always comes up that way. That they find, I, I just ask people, uh, are you saved? And then it comes up to the, the fact that I am a pastor, and I want you to know, it, it, your, your pastor teaching does not trump the Word of God. Whoever you think is smart, it, it, the Bible is smarter. Whoever you think has good theology, the Bible has perfect theology. And the Bible says that His purpose for us is to do good things. One of the primary reasons you're alive on this planet today is to do good things with your life. I've told y'all many times, one of the greatest things I get asked as a pastor is for people, when people ask me to pray for them, that God would show. I just want to know, Pastor Scott, what God's will for my life is. I told you God's will is not hidden. It's plainly revealed in the book. One, uh, one verse says um, that it's God's will for us to give thanks in everything. If you're bitter, mean, angry, uh, and negative, you're not, you, you're not ready for God's will. You're not even walking on the right street to, re- to run into God's will. But he created us, this verse says, for us to do good things. Now, based on what this verse says, and this is right out of the Word of God. This is not, it's not my thoughts. These are not my words. This is God's holy words based on God's holy words, what does God, what kind of things does God want us as individuals to do? Collectively together as a corporate church, what kind of things does God want us to do? 
Now, when I run into these people and they find out that I'm a pastor and, and, and they tell me, nah, I don't do that church thing, Rev. I'm like, okay, why not? Because churches ain't about nothing. They ain't helping nobody. They're just in the neighborhood just, just taking up money, not giving back. Now, I already know I'm dealing with a hater. I already know I'm dealing with, with, with a low-thinking human being. I already know I'm dealing with somebody who, who, who wants to be a, a taker and not a giver. That's, that's the same people that'll tell you, why don't LeBron uh, put, put up a beautiful restaurant in the ghetto of Cleveland if he loves Cleveland so much? Let me give you some economic advice. Because LeBron is smarter than that. LeBron, well, he ought to remember where he came from. He remembers where he came from. That's why he lives somewhere else. <laughs> Sell out. Abandon. Abandon us. Say he loves Akron. Where he at? He's in the suburbs. Living with folk with money. Because he ain't stupid. Why does why 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 don't why don't he put why don't he put some some nice beautiful he could put one of those nice restaurants right dead in the middle of the projects? Are you crazy? Do you think he wants people breaking his stuff apart? What's he gonna do? Put a ninety-five dollar a plate lunch menu in the middle of the project? What what are people gonna do? Go in there and order water? Because the water's nine fifty. People want to say, well, I already know when I hear somebody talking like that, that that they're low thinking. I already know that they're not understanding much. But when people say churches ain't about nothing and they ain't doing anything, a lot of times they catch agreement from me. Because there are the majority of churches in America that are not helping the community that they're in. There are a lot of churches in America that are not giving back into the community that they are in. And everybody wants to look and say, well, why don't they give this? Why don't they give that? They're rich. They could give X, Y, and Z. And without even knowing how much these companies and these people really do give back. But I can't find argument with some people when they talk about the bulk of churches not doing anything for the community that they're in. When we decided, because we had a a lease-to-own option on our previous location, and I decided early in that, because we had to make a decision in year two. And I decided in year two, uh, when we were on Blanding Boulevard, that we would not be buying that church. It did not seem right to the Holy Ghost. And here's what's crazy. It was, it, it was, the, it was the biggest level of man's success that we could see in our eyes. We, we had over 500 people coming to church every week. We had paved parking. I, I had an office half as big as this sanctuary. You remember that office, Deacon West? That was a big, we used to hold man up in my office, and, and we had 35 men every Tuesday night. You, you remember it? We had 35 men every Tuesday night coming in to our, uh, our men's group. We had money. We were flush with money. We, we had seven people on full-time paid staff. It looked, if, if you would have looked at it in the natural, you would have said, we, we need to buy this, but I knew it wasn't what. God wanted, so we didn't buy that. And we, when the, when the five-year lease came to end, we had to find a new place to look for. And when, when God led me to this property, same way He led me to everywhere we've ever been, I drive a lot. My my kids have heard their whole life, "Don't answer the door for nobody. Dad's got to go drive and think." 
Dad's going to go drive and pray. Dad's going to go pray over the city. And I would drive, and I came up on this property. And when we came up on this property, and I did the research on it, many churches have used this building and this community waiting on a come up. Many churches came, and, 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 and they stayed here for a little while. And I'm sure they made promises to the community. We're here to love you and be a difference maker and a, an agent of change. And, 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 and they stayed here on low rent long enough just to put some dollars together to go to a different neighborhood. And when we decided this is where God wanted us because the Bible says what God does, he does forever, I made sure that everyone on our staff was in agreement. We're not moving here for a minute. We're moving here forever. We're not coming in here to use this building and this community the way other churches have done. We're going to come and we're going to put a presence here and we are going to be a blessing to the community. We're going to do good things and we're not going to abandon the people that come. And, and this is what happens all across America. People come in a low-rent district. They, they use the community for tithes to put a few dollars together to go in, in the high-rent district. We came in here on a, a lease option, and, and guess what we did? We optioned, and we bought this place, and we own this place, and we can do what we want to do here. <laughs> it's so funny. There are haters out there. I, I, I had somebody tell me that somebody told them that, Pastor Scott just moves from, from building to building because we've tabernacled in several different buildings. He, may, he makes the church fix that up. He uses all that free church labor, fix it up so he can sell it and put the money in his pocket. Well, here, here's the thing about that. We didn't own any of those buildings. We didn't sell any of those buildings. It's, it's like when you get done renting. You don't, you don't sell what you're renting and put that money in your pocket. Everything you put into it, you leave behind, and you move on to the next place. But I'm going to tell you what, this brand-new roof that we just put on this building for $25,000, that's ours. They can't take it from us. We're not going to leave and leave that behind. God purposes us to do good things. And I want to tell you something. In your life individually, in, your, in our life corporately as a church body together, God wants us to do what kind of things? Good things. I'm going to tell you, when you get to the end of your life, nobody ever got to the end of their life wishing they'd have made one more sale. Nobody got to the end of their life wishing that they would have uh, accomplished one more personal goal. They get to the end of their life wondering, did I do enough? Man, it wrecked me. It wrecked me so hard. I don't talk about it much because typically, you know, I'm an emotional person. And I don't like to break down while I'm trying to preach and get the truth out to you. But when I saw Billy Graham on an interview many years ago, and the man asked Billy Graham, they said, you, you've been called the, pres the pastor of presidents. You've been called America's greatest evangelist. You've been called the voice of, of God to this nation. Uh, you've done so much, you've accomplished so much, you've led hundreds of millions of people to Christ in your crusades around the world. Uh, you're, you're, he, he was voted consistently as the most admired person in America, uh, which, which is a long, uh, listen how far we've come, from naming Billy Graham uh, the, the most admired person in America to naming Caitlyn Jenner the woman of the year. I, uh, that's the only time, I, I thank God for being a man. I wouldn't want to be anything but a man. But, but there was one time in my life, briefly, I thought, oh, I just wish I could be a woman for one minute. Because every woman in the world is more of a woman than Caitlyn Jenner. 
Every woman in this room deserves to be woman of the year more than Caitlyn Jenner. But anyway, when they asked Billy Graham, do you have any regrets? You've lived a good life. They had a full-time, AFL-CIO had a full-time team designated to follow Billy Graham around trying to catch dirt on him so they could splash uh, shade on him. And they couldn't. And they said, you know, you've lived a clean life. You've got a great reputation. You're admired by so many. Is there anything that you regret? And this old man started crying out of his face. And he said, I have such deep regret in my life. And the dude was taken aback. He wasn't expecting that out of Billy Graham. And he said, for what, sir? And as he sobbed, he said, I, I, every day as I get closer to the end of my life, I live with such deep agonizing regret that I have not reached more people for God's kingdom. That I've not led more people to Jesus Christ. That I've not lived my life in such a way that I've filled up heaven with souls and there are still people on this planet plunging headlong into hell. And I thought, wow, here's a dude that's led people to Christ. You ask the average church person, do you regret not winning people to Christ? They're like, I regret I didn't get cheesecake at at my meal last night because I missed out. Listen, let me tell you something. God created us to do good works, and one day you're going to come to the end of your life, and what's going to matter the most is did you do what God put you on this planet to do? Your personal agenda should matter less. Your personal goals should matter less than God's purpose for your life. He purposed us to do good things. Put that scripture back on the screen for me, Elder. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do The good things, listen, that he planned for us long ago. God planned these things long ago. The fourth thing I want you to understand today is he has a plan. He has a plan. I want you to get these four words in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. I want you to say them constantly to yourself. He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan. Why do good things happen in the earth? Because God has a plan. Why do bad things happen in the earth? Because God has a plan. Why have you gone through the victories that you've gone through? Because God has a plan. Why have you gone through the suffering that you've gone through? Because God has a plan. Your life has been planned out from billions of years ago. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's no respecter of persons. When he told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you and I sanctified what you would be and what you would do. That's not just Jeremiah. That's you too. You're not on this planet by mistake. You're not here to figure it out out and find yourself. Listen, I'm so tired of people uh, trying to find themselves. If you get in your 40s and your 50s and I ever hear you say, well, right now I'm concentrating on me. I've lived my life for others and I'm just trying to find myself. I'm going to go get a mirror and just smash it in your face. There you are. Right there. Look, that's you finding yourself. Uh, Listen, You should be more concerned with finding God's plan for your existence on this planet. Man, we got to understand this this thing. Listen, God's holding this whole thing together by his own power. 
This earth is spinning and spinning and spinning. The only thing that's not causing it to spin out of control is God. God's in charge. Listen, if we were any closer to the sun, we'd burn up. If we were any further away from the sun, we'd all freeze to death. There's a reason why there's no life form on Mercury and Venus. There's a reason why there's no life form on Mars and and everything past Mars. Because God created everything with a plan. His plan for you is to do good things. Are you doing them? He has a plan that, that the scripture says that he planned for us long ago. I want to tell you something. God's plan for you is not new and it's not changing. If he planned it a long time ago, it's not going to change. The, the, the thing, well, God had a plan for my life, but then I got divorced and I messed that plan up. You really think God didn't know a long time ago that was going to happen in your life? Well, God had a plan for my life, but then I backslid and I forfeited the goodness of God. Uh, who told you these lies? The plan that God has for you was established a long time ago, and it's not going to change. The Bible says that he loves us forever. Even when you do wrong, the Bible says he's married to the backslider. He says he's in a covenant with his people, and God has got a plan for you. God's plan for us, first and foremost, is to be saved. God's plan for us is to be made new in Christ, has that happened to you? God's plan for Christians is for us to do the good things he planned for us to do. Are you doing good things? Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I want you to understand that God made us. We didn't make ourselves. God made us. We are his people. I'm my own man. Then you're going to die and go to hell. Christians are God's people. Philippians 2.13 says that God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. If you've ever wanted to do anything for God, it's not because you're a good person that loves him. It's because you're a Christian and he gave you a desire to please him. And he gave you the power to Please him. In Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's not enough to do good things behind closed doors. It's not enough to do good things that nobody knows about. We have got to do good things in front of everybody. We got to be like a city set on a hill. We got to put a light up like a watchtower. And we got to let the whole world know that there are People of God that are doing good things so that they can give God glory in heaven. You got to up your good thing, O meter, so people can start seeing it. You got to up your good thing, O meter, so people can start saying, there must be a God because that person wouldn't do that on their own. Psalm 115.1 says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory 
for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Every good thing you do should not be to build your reputation. Every good thing this church does should not be to build this church's reputation. Every good thing that the people of God do should only be to bring glory to God for his unfailing love and faithfulness. It's not about us. It's about God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? I want to tell you something today, and I'm closing. I want to tell you, if you're saved, you're not your own. You're not your own man. You're not your own woman. You are bought property. Listen to verse 20. It says, For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. It's not enough for you to say, well, I'm going to just do what seems right to me. You can't do that if you're bought property. That car sitting out there closest to the building, it ain't its own car. I bought it. I paid for it. It's paid for. I got the title to it. I don't owe anybody for it. I own that car. It doesn't get to go where it wants to go. It's bought property. It doesn't get to do what it wants to do. It's bought property. If it tried to start itself and drive itself away from me, I'd shoot it. It don't have a right to drive away from me because I'm the only one that paid for it. And if you're saved, you don't have rights anymore. You don't have your own life anymore. You are a purchased possession owned by the living God who has a plan for your life. And my question to, it, to you today is, will you get on with it? We've been doing good things as a church for 19 years. We've been a church for 19 years. We've seen good things happen. We've seen people get saved. We've seen lives transformed. We've seen healing. I had to do something this week that, that, that my least favorite thing to do, I had to preach a funeral this week. I had to preach a funeral as wild on, on our brother's uh, uh, birthday anniversary. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm 57, so he'd be 46 this year. Yes, no? Y'all don't know. Y'all older than me. Y'all can't remember. My brother who passed away 19 years ago would be in his late 40s right now, right over from where he's buried. I had to stand at a graveside and, and do a funeral for somebody else, somebody who lost their wife, another man who is now a widower. And every time I do that, it, it just, it's like pulling a scab off my heart. And I don't, I don't like hospital visitation. Sue me. I don't, I don't like funerals. Hate me. I, uh, they, these, these are difficult things for, for, for a, a, a man who's been through what I've been through to do. But uh, we, I, I had to get out there. And it's just part of doing good for the people that love the Lord. And we've been helping people. And we've been encouraging people. And we paid more light bills. And, 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 and we fed more people and clothed more people. And we've done a lot of good things as a church over the years. Uh, we, we, we're out here renovating this place. When we came in this place, some of y'all were here. Some of y'all remember, it, hey, I thank God. I thank God for even the little things. I don't hear rats crawling in the roof right now. When we came in here originally, and it wasn't just, I could preach over that. These rats sounded like elephants banging around up in there. They sounded like a herd of monsters in the ceiling. Uh, big old wharf rats like this. Beat up your cat and your dog. Wasn't, that wasn't bad enough. 
We, 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 got, we got the next thing. Let me, let me see if anybody can guess what, what, what we had slamming around in the roof next. Bats everywhere. And you can't kill bats. Remember, we had to have a, a bat exterminator catch them. An extractor. Batman had to come out and get his creatures. We, 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 we've been renovating this property. We've been building this property. We, 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 we just put the new roof on. Good, good things are happening in this community because this church is here. We got a company coming out sometime after they get done partying with the holidays to make some repairs on our parking lot so we can keep doing good things. We didn't put this roof on just to have clean shingles. We put this roof on so we could keep being a church and doing good things for this community. Today we're going to do something good and we're about to transition over there and do it. We're going to go break ground on this field. God gave us this field that sits mostly empty. A couple times a year, we have family fun day over there. We'll put some bounce houses out there, and we'll do some hot dogs and stuff, hamburgers, and uh, feed people, and have a good time. But other than that, it just sits there. And God didn't give us that field for it just to sit there. And God put it in my heart for us to build a food and clothing ministry there so that everybody could see it. I want them to see the good works of Abundant Life Christian Fellowship when they drive down Georgetown Drive and I want them to know that community center does not belong to us. It belongs to the people of this community for God's glory and we're going to go over there and we're going to turn a shovel of dirt over and we are starting our process. We already got an engineering company laying out the blueprints for us. We already got a design company going to help build it. All we need now is you to give the money. Mm. Let me get out of here because I said I was going to finish early. If you're here and you're not saved, I want you to know God loves you. And he sent his son to the cross to die for you. And the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. Doesn't matter how many times you've tried to get saved. If you're not saved, if you're not sure about your salvation, the Bible says when you search for him with your whole heart, you'll find him. If you are saved, I want you to get on with it. God created you. He created you to do good things. He's got a plan for your life. God's plan for this church is to make a massive impact on this community so that the world won't say, oh, wow, those people over there at Abundant Life, they feed a lot of people. No, we want people to say, that church feeds a lot of people because they love their God that much. God is good all the time. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. God, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would bless this groundbreaking service. God, I pray that you would build our hearts together as one. Help us to care more about you than we care about ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.